Hello all and welcome to the Behind the Wheel podcast. Before I introduce my guest, let me explain a little bit about myself and the vision for Behind the Wheel. My name is Muhammad Ali Haji and for those who know me, I used to be a rather large guy, pretty much obese and what I thought at the time was a pretty dark place. Aside from my health woes, I also had a job that I didn't really enjoy and I wasn't really living a life of purpose, passion and service. Losing weight for me though was a gateway to changing my mindset, which has allowed me to finally be in a place where I get real joy and satisfaction from what I do for a living, but I also now realise that anything is possible. With that in mind, I also love cars. The drive to make them quicker, more luxurious, smarter and aerodynamic, with increasing amounts of attention paid to work measurement quality, fascinates me every single day. Here's where I stand. We only have one life. Behind the wheel seeks to unite those who want to live a life of purpose, passion, meaning and service through our common and shared love for cars that push the boundaries of speed, luxury and performance. Through this podcast, you will hear from people who work and or own some of the most phenomenal cars on the face of this earth to hear from them how they got to where they are and share in our joint fascination for all cars that push the boundaries of the push the boundaries of what is possible. Now, my guest today is perhaps not as into cars as much as me, and perhaps couldn't tell, couldn't tell the difference between a Ferrari four five eight and a Vauxhall Corsa, but she's absolutely been there throughout my own personal journey. She's my rock, and she has transformed herself both physically and mentally as a result of the challenges she's, she's had to face. I am super excited to say that my phenomenal wife is on this podcast. For those who don't know Zainab, she's currently working at a senior level for a large multinational corporation having just been promoted. Congratulations. What's more interesting though is her story. Not exactly in the best shape of her life a few years ago, lacking confidence and not really in the most fulfilling of jobs. I've personally seen her grapple with the challenges of, of being a new wife I was trying to succeed in a job and office that's predominantly male, at the same time losing weight, and of course living with someone like me, and that by itself is extremely hard. Zenob's story begins in 2015, when her cousin tragically passed away in a car accident. It's from here that she started to suffer from panic attacks and, and quite extreme anxiety, fueled by the passing away of her grandfather and having to move away from home and start a new life. Things got better over time for her though, but it took a toll on her physical health. Overweight, unhealthy and suffering from low self-esteem, Zainab finally joined a gym and took serious action to address the issue. It's from here though that just like me, her burning desire to become more healthy led to a change in her mindset. Whereas before she was rather close to the idea of self-development, she realised that ultimately she was in control of, her, of everything in her life. She began reading started to really address her anxiety and mental health and, of course, develop high levels of self-esteem. Now, just now, just 26, she now fully manages a team whilst being one of the, mo- one of the youngest members of a senior group, group with, within her company, whilst giving tuition to children, running fitness class for a community, running a business, whilst obviously being a fantastic wife. I'll be speaking to her today about her journey, how she managed to overcome some of her biggest challenges, the lessons she's learned and the advice she would give to others who may be experiencing what she has been through. Zainab, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for 
for joining me. I'm so, so excited to have you on, as you know. We've been talking quite a lot about it the last few weeks. Um, I want to go straight into it. Tell me a little bit about anxiety. Okay. Um, so anxiety for me really started off um, with a panic attack. I didn't know anything about anxiety. I didn't know about panic attacks. And my very first panic attack happened, I think, what, about a week or two weeks before we got married? Maybe a week. Do you remember where you were? Yes, I was in the car, which is the worst place to be when you're having a you panic were driving. attack. I was driving. Oh my God. Um, I was driving back home and coming maybe, about, I was probably about three minutes away from home. So not far, but I didn't know what was happening to me. I just remember thinking about, I don't even remember. I think I was thinking about my granddad who had just passed away two weeks before. And we were getting married the week after. And I, st- I felt like, I actually, I felt like I was dying. I don't know how else to say it, but say wow. I felt like I was dying. How long did it last? Do you remember at all? Yeah, so I think it lasted th- the three minutes that I had to and What, what was going home. on? I don't know. I, I can't even explain it. It was, it felt like I was being drained from everything. Like it just felt like slowly my vision was kind of, going away my breathing got heavier I almost felt I had to I actually screamed um because I was so confused as to what was going on I turned the radio up I put the window down and I screamed very loudly almost to make myself feel something so that I wouldn't die and you had no idea what was happening no I had no idea what was happening or my my uncle who was at who had visited us because my as a, my, my granddad passed away so i had family over at home and he's my uncle's a doctor and all i thought to myself was get to the front door get to the front door and then you know i'll have some kind of medical attention um but i was driving trying to obviously be safe but at the same time it, it was almost like i was trying to stay alive did you did you feel it coming on, or was it like was it just, bam, you, you're 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 having it? I I don't remember feeling it coming on. I remember thinking about my granddad. I remember thinking about getting married. But then, I, but then I don't remember if I'm honest. I just remember feeling like I am dying right now, and I I actually felt like this is it. This is this is actually what it feels like to die. Um, but it was like I was trying to get away from that by screaming, by putting down the window, by turning up the radio. Um, yeah, so that... And then I didn't know what that was. I thought there was something wrong with me, like physically. I thought I was actually... Something was happening to me. Um, but later I discovered that that was actually a panic attack. How did you? How did you learn that? Um... I think I spoke to someone. Okay. But did you, after you had it, 
like did you speak to someone straight away or did it take you a while for you to kind of come out and I, say I spoke I've, I've to I spoke to my cousin who was a doctor who's a doctor okay and was that straight away or was that yeah I think pretty much straight away because bearing in mind by the by the way by the time I got home everybody had left okay so I had no okay. medical attention um but I was shaking I was very very scared and I think because I'd never experienced that before and I th- I'm pretty sure I spoke to my cousin. Go, I went up the stairs and I spoke to my cousin on the phone and asked, you know, not asked, but like explained what had happened to me because I was actually scared that there was something physically wrong with me. And then I, I don't know whether I, fi- I don't know whether I was told that that's what it was or whether it took me some time to figure out that that's what it was. I can't quite remember how I determined that that was a panic attack, but it definitely was a panic attack. Um, I must've done a bit more research into it, whether I asked somebody or did my own research. I, I, I don't quite remember that, but yeah. Was there a, was there a part of you that didn't want to talk about it with people? Definitely. I think I, I, I don't, I convinced myself I was okay. And that's like with everything. I mean, you mentioned about my cousin tragically passing away so she passed away in a car accident and I I look back now and I realise that I never actually dealt with something like that. It was very tragic. Um and it and obviously I was upset, but it was it was something that, you know, I was upset and then, you know, time goes on and you know, life goes on and you you carry on. And like, like everyone, you know, I, I had things going on in life as well. So I was working, um, we were getting married. So I was quite busy and I kind of, I, I just almost brushed it away and just didn't deal with it, you know? And I didn't think, I didn't think I had anything to deal with. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think. Sort of like sort of denial. Almost. Yeah, like if you'd asked me then, do you, has it affected you really? I pro- probably would have said, you know, obviously I'm very sad about it, but I'm okay. Like I'm all right. Um, and it and I I don't want to be a problem on anyone else. I don't want to talk about it because I don't feel I feel like I'm I'm strong enough. If that makes sense, and that's what I used to think. I'm I'm strong enough. I'm okay um, to deal with all of this. I'm good. And I think when I had that panic attack, it was almost like everything that I had been saying I'm good about, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm strong, all of that just sort of tumbled into that one panic attack. And that was the starting of what I would consider my anxiety. So it affected my sleep. You know, I've had more panic attacks after that episode but, you know, even then I kept saying I'm fine. I kept saying I'm fine. Kept thinking that it was just a one-off. It's just, oh, you know, I'm just a bit stressed. I'm okay. But, you know, I didn't actually deal with the problem. What was the what, what was the trigger that made you say, okay, I'm, I, I've got to start dealing with this now? You, I think. I think you, you made me realize that it is now, like I could, like, you know, I would have panic attacks in my sleep. Yeah. 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 So so it meant that I couldn't sleep properly 
And if I can't sleep properly, you can't sleep properly. I think, I think for me, it was, it's hard to see your wife go through pain and feel completely helpless. Like, I think that for me is, is so hard as, as it is for any, any partner. But for me, it was like, on the one hand, I see you going through it. On the other hand, I see you too scared and perhaps feeling a bit too vulnerable to deal with it. And it was like, I can't help you because I'm not some kind of qualified person to help you. And so I think it got to a point where it was like, I had to, just sit you down and say, look, I, I think, I think we need to deal with this. Mm. I think, I think at that point, um, but it was, it was getting pretty bad. I think, I think yeah. it's fair to say it would happen multiple times a night. Yeah. And, and I think dealing with it meant talking about it as which a, you, which, as you didn't a want start, to do. which I didn't want to do. I didn't want to talk about it. Why is that? I guess I didn't want to remind myself of what all what had happened what had been going on um as i said i I was just trying to like brush it all aside i you know just go yeah okay it happened move on and that's that's the wrong way because you're not that stuff creeps up later on in your life as it did for me and honestly the first step is to talk about it i was going to say i mean if we could just touch on you know um I mean, for those who don't know, I, I really, really want this podcast to help those who are going through a similar situation, um, either have or they're going through it, or if they do go through it, what would be your advice as someone who has been through it? Um, what would you tell them? I would say, honestly, open up and talk about it. It's it's so much more damaging to just brush it aside or keep it in you. Some people may just keep it within and, um, you know, have feel that they have to deal with it by themselves. Whereas me, I just didn't even think about it. I just put it on the side, put it at the back of my mind and just didn't think about it. And that's, that's not dealing with it. So I would say, speak about it. It's not, it doesn't make you weaker to talk about it. I think people feel that speaking about emotion and how they feel and all of that, that's all airy fairy stuff. You know, that's, that's for people who are weak. That's for people who need to do that. It's not like that. And I think, I think in your case, I mean, you, you put on quite a, quite a, quite a sort of tough kind of, um, I won't say facade, but but the 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 sort of person you are, even 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 back then, you were in a in a in a workplace that was predominantly white, predominantly male. Um, you obviously got a strong mathematical background. You're quite factual, and you're you're quite logical about things. And I suppose is that what kind of made you also feel a bit uneasy by trying to talk about the more fluffy stuff, the emotional stuff, because you are because you are someone who is generally quite strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. this kind of knocked you back, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, exactly. And I think, and I think talking about it is something I found very difficult because I thought that that would make me look weak. I thought that that's not 
what somebody strong does. And actually, that's not true. If you are strong, you shouldn't be afraid to actually talk about your emotions. You shouldn't be afraid to talk about anything or do anything, right? That's the that's the definition of strength. So that should mean that you should be comfortable with speaking mm. about emotions. Mm. You should be comfortable talking about anything, really. So, yeah, I, I had to learn that. And it meant it was so helpful to speak about it because I I haven't had panic attacks for a long time now. You know, I feel so much more happier within myself. I mean, anxiety was just a normal everyday thing that I would face. And whilst, yeah, of course, like I'm sure that there's a level of anxiety that everybody feels, you know, simple things like feeling anxious about test results or... um you know, just, just, just everyday, everyday stuff that people might feel. And I think that level of anxiety is obviously still there. I mean, just, I mean, you, you obviously mentioned, you know, talking about it, but what do you do now practically if and when you're going through a situation where you feel a bit anxious, a bit scared or whatever, you think that you can kind of, that you do practically, which you, uh, which you kind of calm yourself down a little bit. So I know one of the things I learned, on like preventing a panic attack because I think when your anxiety levels are very high you can trigger a panic attack so feeling them in the moment I remember that that's something that we spoke about like yeah. really feeling the moment what do you mean by that so that means like I don't know touching touching your own hair or putting your hands on your on your legs for example and just feeling your your legs or your the hair and, yeah. The, and and yeah the sensation and like just being really present yeah. with whatever it is that you are doing and i guess that's that's like a form of meditation isn't it so doing that really really helped me to calm down doing breathing exercises um we just mentioned meditation that sort of stuff i know we we listen to Headspace when we go to sleep. Yeah. That calms that calms me down every single time, like without fail. So if I've got a lot on my mind or, you know, I'm just thinking constantly, whether whether it's it doesn't have to be bad thoughts. It yeah. could just be like just, you know, people are busy. We all have busy lives, there's stuff that goes on all the time. But it's really good like listening to Headspace or I think there's another app called Calm. There's a yeah. There's an ongoing joke between us, which is, you know, I um, it, it takes it. I fall asleep like within two minutes. Yeah, um, it does not. I, whereas you take a long time, generally mm-hmm. speaking. I think it's getting better, but it it takes you a lot longer, right? Yeah, yeah. So have you know listening to Headspace and just hearing hearing this voice in the background, you know, telling you how to breathe and what to think about and all of that is it's really great because it really relaxes you. Yeah, yeah. And I think the quality of your sleep is a lot better as well. Yeah. For, for me anyway. Yeah, I mean, for me, I go from two minutes to one minute when I have headspace on. <laughs> it's pretty quick. Um, let's go into something a bit more lighthearted. Um, okay. But still very, very important is um, losing weight. What was your journey? How did it begin? What triggered it? And uh, what, what, what can you kind of pass on in, in terms of your, your reflections? Sure. Uh, okay, so I was uh, growing up, you know, I've, I've been very um, sporty. 
I did swimming and then I did a table tennis for a while and I also participated in netball and other different activities. So I've been quite sporty growing up. You're definitely the sporty one out of the two of us, which is, uh, goes against any kind of uh, yeah, well. stereotypical kind of views, yeah, which uh, I, I don't hide. No, well, yeah. So yeah. just I was always involved in sports, always have been, been quite athletic growing up. So, you know, I never really thought about whether or not I shouldn't have that packet of crisps or, you know, all that chocolate bar. I've never really thought, I hadn't really thought like that because I thought, well, whatever it is that I eat, I'll burn off anyway. And um, before we got married, I wasn't say I I was quite normal, I would say, my weight. Um, It wasn't fat by any means, but I wasn't thin either. I always, when I looked at myself, I always thought, you know, oh, it's okay. If I if I pose from this angle in the photo, then I, you know, that part of my arm's not going to show. And, you know, you, that's where, did... that's where my big bones are. So, <laughs> so, because so, I used to convince myself that I was big boned. Did you have a good um, side? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But that's fine. Having a good side is different. Okay. I think, I okay. think, like, angling your face or, or <laughs> sucking in. I remember I this. I remember normal. this. So like if you look in a certain direction or you have your jawline in a certain way, <laughs> then you're not going to look as fat. Uh, so yeah, anyway, so we got, we got married. But then after we got married, I did put on weight. Um, Why was that? Okay, so first, I, I suppose I stopped playing regular table tennis. Um, which meant I wasn't as sport. I was still doing sports, but it wasn't as much. And the other thing is, when I when I used to travel to uni, I um, used to walk a lot. So I'd walk from the the bus stop to the train station, and then get off the train, and again do like a whole load of walking and walking around campus and stuff like that. It just meant that I was doing a lot of walking. So I wasn't sitting down for a long time. But then when I moved into a job, I was at a desk for what was like, I can't, you know, a nine to five. So I was at a desk for a long time. And what made it even worse is within the office, there would be an occasion, someone's birthday or someone's leaving or whatever it is, the cake, the, the anniversary, and there'd be cakes. There'd be biscuits, chocolates, whatever there was, donuts, all sorts. And it was even worse because the desk where they'd put all the chocolates and things like that would literally be behind my desk. So I didn't even have to get up (laughs) to to get anything. I literally swiveled my chair around (laughs) and and grabbed a flapjack or a brownie or whatever it was. Literally swivel. So so if you you do have a a Fitbit, you know, I would have done zero steps. But consumed lots of calories. Did, did did you ever get asked by people to kind of pass you stuff? No, no. <laughs> they still they ended up doing more steps than yeah. me. So no, I didn't. I didn't pass anything to anybody. But I definitely ate a lot of it um, because everybody else ate a lot of it. Do you know? But also, can I, can I just because I know this when you because I think you've mentioned this before just to reflect the sort of person you were back then on top of the unhealthy habits. You were really kind of shy. Mm. I mean, I remember you used to tell me that you used to eat in your car. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was I was really shy. I did eat in so my car. So you would leave the office and have your lunch in your car oh by God, yourself. Oh God, I was very antisocial, very antisocial. But but again, that was the culture of the office. The people in my office were antisocial. Um. So yeah, I didn't, and even the even the eating the the brownie and bits and all that. I never took anything for a very long time because I was very shy. Um, when it came to, I mean, of course I would interact with my colleagues. That wasn't a problem. Maybe I felt like because I was a newbie at that time, you know, didn't really want to say anything wrong or whatever. And that included eating somebody's brownie that somebody else might have had their eye on. So I just didn't eat anything for a long time. But then when I became a lot more comfortable with everybody. You made up for it. I definitely made up for it. Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. So, so there were some kind of unhealthy habits that were, that were developing. Yes. Um, and obviously led to, to the weight increase, but yeah. you, but you, you were in denial to a certain degree. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I put on weight and yes, I definitely felt it, especially, you know, around my middle area, um, because I'd be sitting down a lot. So that's the bit I could feel. Um, but I, I didn't think that I was that bad. I didn't think you were that bad. No, I, I really didn't. I didn't, I really did not think I was that bad. And to be honest, I think I only think I was bad be- because I can see what I look like now. Yeah. I'm the exact same. Like I, I, I never thought I was fat at the time. Yeah. But it was really only after I lost the weight that I looked back at the photos and I think, my word. Yeah. Like, and I, 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 I was saying to you, I was like, why didn't you ever tell me that I was big? Yeah, and I, did, <laughs> like, I didn't think you were that big either. And I, and I don't think, I think it was a gradual thing. And don't get me wrong, I was big, like bigger than I am now. But I wasn't, like if you looked at my BMI, I wasn't like off the scale. You know, mm, mm. and people, people use BMI as a measure of how, how big you are. Mm. And I wasn't on the unhealthy side. Yes, I was definitely on the right, right bit of the healthy range. I'm not going to deny that, but I wasn't overweight according to the BMI. Mm. Um, so, so I didn't feel like it was anything to, to be alarmed about, but I definitely, I joined the gym and I started that journey because because of you really i mean it was your yeah. idea and i kind of went along for the ride if i'm honest well just 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 before going into that i think i think it's worth noting that there was a there, there, there was a connection between what you were going through and the unhealthy habits in the sense that i remember you said you said to me that you know a, a lot was going on within a very short amount of time just before we got married and going into our marriage from death to leaving the house to starting a new life, it was very overwhelming, right? And, mm-hmm. and I, I suppose was that element of you perhaps overeating because of all that was going on? Definitely. I mean, comfort food is a term that we hear about yeah. quite a bit. And I definitely seeked comfort in food. Um, you know, oh, having having some nachos or a packet of crisps or or some chocolate or ice cream or whatever it was yeah made me feel better 100% it's 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 crazy how like when we look back at our behaviors yeah how crazy they were 
I mean, like we used to have, I mean, so you know me better than I know myself, you know, after every meal, I'd have two bowls of cereal, yeah. right? Two massive bowls of cereal. Was, Which I did not do, by the way. I, no, did, you, I didn't do that. You never did that. No. You never did that. <laughs> I no, never that's, did that's, that. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, we had some pretty, pretty bad habits. Um, okay, so you've now joined the gym. Well, what were the first few weeks like? What, what, really, what were the biggest challenges? It was really... Okay, so the first few weeks were, were really good, actually. The good thing about our, about the gym, about UFIT, is they make you feel so welcome, you know, and the, the members there also make you feel really welcome. It's not like a typical gym at all. It's so much more than that. It's, yeah. it's you know, they know your name. They, um, from the moment you enter the door... You've got people like asking how you are. They know you by your name. Um, they make you feel so welcome. It's a family. It's yeah. definitely a family. You've got your own tailored program that has been made specifically for you. And for me, I mean, I had never really known how to use weights, if I'm honest. I, I did have a gym membership. But, you know, you go there and you go on the treadmill and you might pick up a weight and do some moves with it. <laughs> And that's about it, really, because you don't really know what you're doing. And to be honest, like the gym that I went to, it was there was a lot of men that were in the the weight corner. So you kind of stayed away from there anyway. This was the one you used to go to. Yeah, I used the one that I probably attended maybe four to five times in in about two years. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, But at UFIT, you know, you are guided through it. You're expected to have to know nothing. And so they take you right from the beginning. And um, that's so helpful. So I, I did enjoy it. You know, the, you, it, it became harder, don't get me wrong. But it was such a, it was such a breath of fresh air starting, Ufit. I want to I wanna go back a second because I remember you mentioned that you joined because, because of me. Mm. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I joined because of you because I thought that was, it was something fun to do together. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought. I mean, I know you mentioned it, and I and I actually came with you um, for the consultation. Yeah. yeah. Um. And which was like therapy, to be honest. It might like for me anyway. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I went because of you. I didn't. I literally just followed you, and that was it. Really. Mm. I and I thought, yeah, you know, God, I'll do a bit of exercise. That's good. I would say I was never against exercise because I've I've had a sporty background. So that was it. I didn't take it too seriously until we actually started. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's um it, it's got me thinking about um I think when when we first got married, I'm not sure about you, but there was this belief that you've got to do everything together. Yeah. Like, yeah exactly. You know, and, and, and you like the idea of like Doing something separate. Yeah. 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 And so, and so I think when we talk about weight loss journey, that first part was very much, I see it as our journey, not Mm. my journey Mm. or your journey. I see it as our journey. Oh yeah. You know, we are going to the gym. Oh, it's a couple thing. We're doing (laughs) like a couple thing. Yeah. 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 I, I don't, I never, I never saw that as my journey. Even though it was my journey, I never thought of it as my journey. 
What were the biggest obstacles that you were facing when you first began? Like what was what were what, what did you struggle with? What physically or everything physically and mentally? Physically, I mean, I I say this now, but I actually think I didn't know that I was as strong physically as I am. So I think when you when you when you've got a trainer, they push you to the point that you think you can't do it, but actually you can. And that's that's the point where you feel growth. It's a mind game, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. definitely. You are convinced that you can't lift that. And you do because somebody's yelling at you to do it. And that's how you grow. And that's how you grow, even though you're, everything in your mind is telling you you can't do it. You don't grow by doing easy stuff. No. It doesn't work like that. No, exactly. And and that was that was the that was the first lesson. And that would happen, you know, in in a session because when you're doing a certain number of reps and you get told to do another five, you are so sure you can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, so it it was so good to feel that oh, hang on a minute. I I'm actually capable of more than I think. Yeah. And that is sort of the same um same thing when when I think about my mental health so I didn't think I could have the confidence to to do certain things for example like even to be good at at my job you know I didn't think that I could have to to have confidence to do that but again you you don't quite know what you're capable of until you do it and you're never going to find out unless you do it yeah yeah so the gym was a really good way of building my confidence because I think I realized that I probably didn't have any. It's, um, if, if I can narrate a very quick story, I remember being at home and you coming home after one of your early sessions and yet you came home crying. I remember yeah. this. You came home crying because it was that bad. It was that bad. But that was the only time it happened. Yeah, and it, and it probably it was bad. But I think I just, I was so upset <laughs> at how bad I, I, like, I had been pushed. Don't get me wrong, I felt great after. You did, you did. I felt great yeah. after. And that's the thing, in that moment, it's hard. In that moment, it's really hard. It's really, really hard. But I would do it again. Yeah. Do you know, I mean, I mean, I, ha- I have to do it again because I kept going back. <laughs> I mean, I've been there for three years now. Yeah. So... Yeah. I would still do it because I realized that it's, it, yes, it really hurts. And in the moment, even now, whenever I'm doing something really difficult, I realize that I'm, you know, there's everything inside you telling you can't do it. Yeah. But you just need one thing to tell you that you can to, con- you know, to, just to try and convince you to do it. And then you realize later that how, that if you didn't do that thing, you wouldn't be feeling as good as you are right now. How how important and influential has it been for you to have a coach in your life? Massive. Honestly, I, I think having a coach, having somebody who's more experienced than you, having somebody who can sort of see the bigger picture or who can kind of see the, the, the um, route ahead is so important and you have to trust them because they know what they're doing. 
I guess that's the hard thing, isn't it? It it's is. It is the hard thing. Them and trusting the process. It's, this, it's exactly the same thing. If they tell you to do one more rep, you have to trust that your body is not going to shut down by doing one more rep because you think yeah. that that's what will happen. You think your body is going to shut down. I, I remember being told when I was at my absolute horrible moment of like being being in the gym, and I remember someone telling me or my coach telling me, "No one has ever died on this bike." No one, okay? And, but in that moment, I'm thinking, I'm going to die. Like, I'm actually going to die right yeah, now. Yeah. But it takes someone to, like, shout that in your ear to make you realise that you're going to die. It's, it's... No, I know. And you have to trust them. I think yeah. that that's so key. Yeah. You have to trust them. And so if I didn't have a coach, I would, I 100% would not be where I am right now, mentally, physically, career-wise, our relationship-wise, everything. Well, let's let's go into it. How has losing weight impacted you in other areas? So with regards to our relationship, I know that, well, it's not been super easy as I'm sure it isn't for any normal couple. Everyone has arguments. Everyone has ups and downs in their relationship. I think our first few months were, were quite tough. Yeah, definitely. And I and I think, but but I think again, joining the gym it what i can't stress enough it's not about going there losing weight coming home it wasn't like that it's mm. never been like that no. like no. you know this gym like you your coach checks up on you sees how you're doing in the week messages you um but you also have one-to-ones which means you talk about other stuff you talk about how you're doing mentally whatever it is that's bothering you and that's so valuable because you know they they might say to you oh why don't you read this or why don't why don't you do that and the type of people that you're surrounded by are people who are typically who are typically older than us who typically successful in whatever it is that they were doing and it meant that speaking to them um, was so valuable because you learn so much. And I know that this particular gym, they they advocated knowledge to the point where you just had to pick up a book. You had to. Because if you didn't, you you just would not fit into whatever the, this you fit family was. Because, you know, you'd have to watch the, the video that they'd post on Facebook or... Um, you know, because there were so many comments underneath it that you just felt, oh God, you know, what is this thing that everybody's looking at? And I think it was through UFIT, it was through the gym and through the 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 way that they would talk about um, just self-development that I started the journey of self-development. And that meant dealing with one of the things that was so important, which was our relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know... We, We've both read books and uh, we both have Audible, which is great because I I do a lot of traveling, of course, not in lockdown, but before before lockdown, I do a lot of traveling. And so by you, I mean, I was encouraged to, to get Audible and listen to certain books that were first about about relationships. Which you, I, I think it's fair to say that you weren't really no, into reading I wasn't before. I wasn't into reading at all I kind of felt like it wasn't necessary I felt like ugh, all of this is fluffy stuff um this is all like things that aren't really applicable to me you know we can figure it out on our own I don't need somebody else telling me what to do 
you know, every relationship is unique, etc. And whilst, yeah, every relationship is unique, there are things that you can benefit from just by reading or by listening to somebody else. What would you say has been or is the biggest thing that you've learned that has helped our relationship? I would say the idea of understanding that men and women are different. Men and women are not the same creature, honestly. I think I think the book Men from Men from Mars. I think I think, I think that's, that's really of, changed our yeah, how we think, right? Definitely. And so, as a woman, I would I could sit there going, "How can you not? How how can you do that? Like how? If I've got an issue with you, I sometimes I could get so angry because I'm just thinking, well, how is it possible that you can even think like that? But what I need to stop, what I needed to like understand is just because I think of something a certain way. And, you know, if I talk about it with my friends, for example, they might all go, yeah, of course, that's right. But what what we don't realize is men are different and women are different. And so men have different needs and women have different needs. But one of the things I, one of the big things that I realized is communication is so, so important. So if I want you to do something, typical, something's really silly, like I want you to pick up milk. I know that I can't just expect you to know to pick up milk, even though there's no milk in the fridge, even though you're the one that might have finished it and there's an empty carton. I can't just expect that you will just know. Yeah, we used to have many, many arguments about this. We have so many arguments about this. And, but then I think, but then I think, well, I would think that. Yeah. But then again, that's when I had to go, well, actually, yes, you might think like that, but this is why you're different. And and as a man, as any man will testify, you want to be the hero for your wife. You want to be the savior. You want to be the one who comes to the rescue. And, And as a man, all you want to be told is how to make you how to be of service right Mm. and i remember like i mean even now like i find it so so amazing when you just tell me i want this to me it's like oh my god that's my opportunity to to be to be superman yeah i I can be the hero right now yeah but we need to be given the almost the instructions to, to to to, to, to do it because quite frankly I'll go to Timbuktu to get milk if that's what is needed you know yeah um, whereas I used to be convinced that you just didn't care yeah but actually yeah. it's the complete opposite it's just you're wired differently and that's okay it's okay to be different it's just important that we appreciate each other's differences and adapt to, to those differences so we can get the best out of each other ultimately for our own benefit Really? Yeah. Because yeah. if if I'm angry, ultimately it hurts me, right? So how do I stop me from being angry? Okay, well, if I want you to get the milk, because if you don't get the milk, I'll get angry. So therefore, I know that I need to adapt and tell you <laughs> to get the milk. Which I think is such a key point. I think I think often we get so frustrated with the other person without realizing that it's so much easier to change yourself than try to change 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 the other person 
And I think, I think for me, like when I had that real, that sort of moment, I was like, oh my God, like you've got so much more control over yourself than you've got over, over the other person. So why would you waste your effort and energy trying to change them? Because quite frankly, you can't change people. You can't. There's no, there's no one trying to. Mm. And I think, I think you realize that and I realize that. And I think, I think, I think that that's been quite, quite an important thing. Plus love languages, which I, I know we're both read as well, right? Yeah. Five love, love languages. So that was, that was quite enlightening as well. Just because we all receive, we all view love in a different way. And if you don't speak the other, your, your significant other's love language, they're not going to feel loved. So that it was so important to learn well, what your love language is so that if you ever, you know, if you felt unloved, then I knew exactly what to do or, or even just general day to day, I may think that I'm showing you love and it, and I am in my own way, Yeah. but it's what, what benefit is that if you don't, if you're not receiving it in the way that you see love yeah i remember like um i remember when we first got married i'm a i'm a huge gift giver like i that's how i receive love and that's how i give love and i remember i used to buy these flowers like every week every couple of weeks and for like after after like six months i remember you saying to me you don't feel loved and i was like what yeah. but it was just because you wanted I, be yeah, because for me, way. yeah, for me, gifts is not is not the the way yeah, that yeah. I feel loved. Yeah, yeah. I want to I want to touch on something else, which I'm really keen to do. Um, is uh, obviously you grew up in the UK, you were born in the UK, you've perhaps been through a lot of the things that young girls are going through right now. Um, if not, it's worse now. Because of, because of social media and how influential it is. But what's it like growing up and how did you deal with things like pressure on image, you know, pressure regards to makeup and looking pretty and, and looking a certain way? How have you dealt with that? Well, I mean, I think this is where young girls, this is where it really spirals from having some confidence to having no confidence. Because, Did you struggle with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very normal to to sit there and compare yourself to somebody else, and that's exactly what this is. When you when you look at images of people, or when you see so and so walking down the street, and you see, oh, she's got that new handbag, or or you know, she's got that new phone, or whatever, you automatically feel like, well, how, how come I don't have that? You know, and that, and that I think is a very normal thing to feel like. And, and I think that somewhere that shows lack of, co- lack of confidence within yourself. Um, having social media does not help. Definitely looking at social people on social media, def and, ha- and how their confidence just goes completely downhill um, doesn't help. But I would say that it's so important to, to follow the right people. It's such a good point. Such a good point. You you can actually choose who you follow. You don't have to follow that girl that makes you feel rubbish. You know, follow people who are good for you, good for yeah. your own yeah. mental well-being. And the second thing I would say is, honestly, 
what you you really don't know what happens behind closed doors and nobody posts an image of their everyday life of just what normal normal how they look normally you know we have filters now that make you look good okay i mean that's that says it all and there are there are serious issues where some people literally just don't post without filters because they realize or they feel that their natural self is just not good enough um so don't compare your everyday to somebody's exceptional and that that i think is really important to remember i mean there are people there are celebrities that i'm sure we all know of who have struggled through mental health but you could never see that on social media you wouldn't even you wouldn't even realize yeah yeah and then a few months down the line you know something really bad has happened they've broken up with whoever they've self-harmed or you know god forbid they've committed suicide you know we hear of these shocking stories and the i know for me the one thing i think is oh my god but they look so happy Mm. and you know it's it's really important to basically just not think that everything you see is real yeah and obviously follow the right people which which is such such an important point i think i think we often forget that you've got the choice you've got complete freedom to unfollow or follow whoever you want Mm. quite frankly if you follow the wrong people then you know you, you you've got to take some ownership of of the situation there are loads of people who will give you inspiration, will make you feel good. They're out there. You just, you just have to have to find them. Um, how have you uh, just just think about work? Um, how have you dealt with? And I'm sure there's people out there who work in a very kind of male, uh, white environment. How have you dealt with that? Being a Muslim as well. So, I mean, for me, it's never really been a, a problem. Um, I've I've never had an issue with it because I mean, I quite I quite I take quite quite a bit of pride in being different. I mean, different is the thing that makes you sort of stand out as a candidate, right? That's why people get the job because they are different because they stand out. Um, so, I I like the fact that I'm different. I like the fact that I'm the Muslim girl. Um, who is quite young and driven or, you know, wants to do well. And I, I really like that, that that's something that is different about me. And I'm really lucky that the people who I work with are very good. They're really respectful. Uh, so that's been quite a positive experience for me. So, yeah. Okay. How do you... um? I mean, obviously, from my introduction, you, you've got a lot going on. How do you, um, and this, 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 this is a bit of a curveball, but I'm going to put it out there. How do you balance everything? Um, honestly, I, I think people, sometimes when they talk to me, they think, oh, my, I'm, you're doing too much. You're honestly, you're doing too much. It's, it's far too much for you. You need to like slow down. But I honestly, that's for me is my passion. I like, I really enjoy that I have the capability of doing X in the morning and then Y in the evening. I really, really like that. You wouldn't have it any other way, would you? No, no, I wouldn't. Because for me, 
I want to make use of all the time that I have. And, you know, there are, there are certain things that are more important than others. So for example, I know that it's important to spend time with my, spend time with our family, for example. And for me, that will always be the top priority. Everything else is, is below that. So if I have to pick between certain values, I've got my list. I've got my mental list of priorities in my mind. And so it will always be this list. So if I had to sacrifice something or if I didn't have time to do something, then that's okay because I have I have priorities in my mind anyway. So when it comes to balancing, I'd love to do all these things. And on a regular day, or I could probably do all these things. But if it was an exceptional circumstance, then I know that if I had to pick between A and B, I would pick A. Yeah. Yeah, because you've got your sort of values laid out in, in order Absolutely. of priority. And that really helps me to balance things out. Yeah. Yeah. How, how important is routine to you? Oh, routine is really important. I mean, let's let's talk about lockdown and, and, and COVID. Yeah. Um, how's, it, how's it been for you? Because I guess for many people out there, their routine's probably been shattered <laughs> by, yeah. by the pandemic. How's it worked out for you? I think, I mean, I... It, it obviously it's been tough for everybody and um it's it's not nice to to be in lockdown or what, but it's important to also adapt to a new routine so there are certain things that i didn't have time for before because i pop, i'd be spending 45 minutes traveling to work for example that now i actually have time to do my gym in the morning so i will do my workout in the morning and this is quite relatively recent right so I'll do my workout in the morning so that later on in the day, I can do something else. So, you know, you mentioned that I do tutoring. If I do tutoring, that will pop, that will be in the evening. It's not going to be at five in the morning. <laughs> so it just means that I have to adapt because getting a workout in is, is just as important as doing some t- tutoring in the evening. So if I want both, then I need to adapt. And so now, through lockdown, I think the two of us, we've got a good routine. It's a yeah, different routine. It is different. It is different. I think, I think we've both adapted. And it's, it's pretty solid. I couldn't imagine my life without my routine. It's, it's, it's what I live by. Yeah. Um, I want to I just touch on, um, obviously, you've seen me change. And you've seen me go through stuff and try new things. And... Um, that, that's obviously been tough. It's put a strain on our relationship. How have you dealt with that? Um, I think a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the reason why I it put a strain on our relationship is because I felt like whatever it was that you were doing, you got all this passion for whether it was halal on his card, whether it was the gym, whether it was the, your job, whatever it was. And you would do something extra and t- towards that thing, I felt like that meant that that was that that was instead of me mm. Mm. and so that means that I will feel neglected, but again, when I think about it it's it's not it's not that I wanted you in a co- in cotton wool or whatever and kept you in a in a corner. I didn't want that. I just, I felt insecure within myself. And 
the more I've worked on my own insecurities, my own confidence, the more our relationship has become better because I don't feel threatened by, you know, whether it's the gym or your work or whatever it is. And so it's been, it it did take a a big toll on our relationship. It, It did make me feel really rubbish. But whereas I used to think about it as it's your fault for making me feel like that, I've dealt with it by taking ownership of my own emotions and said, right, okay, well, why do I feel like this? Why do I feel so threatened? Why do I want you to not talk about halal on this card? And it's because I felt insecure within myself. So it was so important for me to deal with that insecurity. It's, I think that's such an amazing point because I've, I've seen you go through that, those, those tough moments. And I, I honestly can't emphasize this enough. You've become a much stronger independent woman by pursuing and doing things that are you rather than trying to stop me from doing things that I want to do mm. that make me feel whole. And I think, I think that's such an important point because like now when I go to the office on a Saturday to work, whereas before you would resent it, now you're doing your own thing. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I think there's, there's a bit of guilt that perhaps comes with being a wife that actually, you know, spending time on yourself is okay. Mm. Doing something that mm. you want to do and only you want to do is okay. And I know I used to feel guilty if I wanted to do something that was for me. I remember, yeah. yeah. Because I felt like that was me being unfair to you. I remember I used to feel bad about saying, can I, can I go see my friends? And I was like, like, absolutely go. But you used to feel so bad about it. Like, yeah, I, yeah, because, yeah, I, mean, I felt like that was me being selfish. And maybe, and even if it is me being selfish, I think it's all about balance, isn't it? Completely, yeah. So even if if you are wanting to do something on your own, there's a balance because there's a recognition that you've got other responsibilities as well. So it's it's great, you know, to to do things on your own as long as you have that that balance as well. But And and also there's a realisation that we now get, which is that by allowing the other person to be happy actually that benefits the whole relationship as a whole definitely yeah and 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 you actually come closer together after you've had your time on your own it's like i know that if i locked you in a room right not that i would but you'd feel miserable and that's not going to do any benefits to 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 our relationship and neither would you saying to me i want you i want you to be home every single day Mm. you know at this time and i I don't want you going to the office on on a on a saturday or whatever you know it would it, it wouldn't be great for either of us um, it's been 58 minutes. My God, I can, I, I genuinely can't believe how much time has flown. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for, for joining me on this podcast. Thank I, you for having me on. I, I know I have no benefit towards, to behind the wheel in terms of cars. Yeah. And I do apologize for that, but I, I hope it's been useful. I have been wanting you on this podcast for some time and I, I genuinely am thankful that you made the time you're very busy schedule to, 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 to come on. It's much, much appreciated. Um, and, uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll, 
if I can convince her to come back on again in a, in a couple of months' time, I'm, we can we'll see what we can do. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank and, you very much. Uh, we look forward to more podcasts. Take care, everyone. Bye bye.